Hello. Hey, sorry we've been having sound issues this morning. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Well, hey, as we are here this morning, I want you to hear that as we have been talking about this month of believing that God has a call upon your life, which is good. I want you to like shake your head. God has a call upon your life. And also believing that God has given you gifts. God has given you specific gifts in your life. All right? There's, that, there's, there's not a doubt in my mind that each and every one of you have been given specific gifts by God to do something while you are walking on this planet. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I want to begin this, the message today just by reading from Romans 12.1. There's a scripture that if you've grown up in the church, you probably have heard before. And if not, this is a good scripture to hear for the first time. Romans 12.1 Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. Uh, I got a gift card for Barnes & Noble for Christmas. Gift cards are great. I have this problem, though, in my past, is that I hoard gift cards, right? I don't know why I do this. I like, I'm like, I don't want to spend it because there's a chance that I might get another gift card. And that's at least my mind. So what has happened is that we have a collection of gift cards that we like. This is like a display of like... Uh, uh, trophies you know we have all these gift cards so my process now is that when I get a gift card I'm like I'm gonna go spend it all right like this isn't like someone didn't give me stock or someone didn't give me like a this is I can I, it's a gift card and I, rem I finally have realized as a 40 something year old that you get gift cards to go and use them so I finally figured this out and so I went to Barnes and Nobles recently and I'm walking around and I'm looking for a young adult fiction book because why wouldn't I? But before you think that I read young adult fiction, here's my theological dorkiness. One of my professors in seminary, his son wrote a young adult fiction book. So that's, there you go. Anyway, it's, that's me. And so I was looking for this, but I, I'm always for, I always forget, like as I walk around in a bookstore and I'm like, I have all the money in the world, whatever's on the gift card. And like I'm walking around and I begin to realize that there's whole entire sections about your life, right? If I walk down this aisle, it is the self-help section. Lots of Oprah in there. That's There you go. There's your Oprah. And then you walk through that section, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is a huge section. A lot of people have thoughts on how to improve your life. That's really cool. And then you can walk through a whole other entire section, and it's like, this is how you get fit. This is how you get fit. Don't do anything, and you'll get fit. That's the plan that I want to function on. But anyway, but there's whole entire sections on that, and there's whole entire sections on eating, uh, eating the proper food and all this. And you have all of this. And it's amazing. Like, out of this ginormous bookstore, you have aisles upon aisles of what you're supposed to do with your life. Right? And I think this is something that we can be confused by because we understand, because we've been designed actually by God We've been designed by God to know that our body and our life matter. What we do with our body and then how we act out in our life matters in the eyes of God. The problem is, 
is that God is in competition with a lot of things. A lot of things are trying to convince you and have you believe that you are supposed to do this with your gifts and that you're supposed to do this with your body. So this, when we read Paul, and he's saying this in the book of Romans into a time where a lot of people were trying to understand what they're supposed to do with their body and also what they're supposed to do with their time and their energy, Paul says this. He says, you are to be living sacrifice. You are to be living sacrifices. Now, sacrifices is something that is a term that can be uh, oddly misunderstood by some. Like for me, I hear sacrifice and I think of the mother and the father that, that go to work and go to work even more so they can provide a better life for their kids. For other people, when they think of sacrifice, they're like, I didn't get to look at TikTok for 15 minutes. You're like, I sacrificed that, you know? And so we have, but we have different definitions of what sacrifice is. And when Paul begins to lean into right here, when Paul begins to lean into saying, I want you to be a living sacrifice, he understood, he understood absolutely that there were some people that were reading this and hearing this in that time, in the Romans' time, that understood that there was human sacrifices. Human sacrifices. How many of you like, grew up like, oh yeah, human sacrifice is pretty typical. But really, but they were hearing this and they're like, wait, I don't understand the difference between a living sacrifice and a human sacrifice that ends in death. Right? Now, how many of you remember the, the best, probably the most underrated rom-com out there uh, with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? It's like one of their first ones. I think it's their first one. Joe versus the volcano. How many of you? Anybody? Let's date you really quick. That's okay. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't watched this yet, don't. Don't. You're good. You're good. If you're happy with your life, that's, you were in a good. But this movie, I'm sorry if I just offended someone who's like, that's my favorite movie of all time. Joe versus the volcano. But anyway, there's this, the whole premise is like, you know, having to throw someone into a volcano. And it's, I don't know. It is what it is. But anyway, watch You've Got Mail. Anyway, I, I don't know if that's appropriate. I don't know. But anyway, uh, but, uh, but this is ridiculous. Like, right? I mean, but this is the premise. When people were hearing this passage, to be a living sacrifice, what they began to hear was, who do we have to sacrifice? And Paul is profoundly stating to you and to the people that were listening, he's saying to you, you can be a living sacrifice. You can be a little sacrifice. Don't, don't sacrifice your body for the little G gods, but be a sacrifice in a way that brings people to understand who God is, who Jesus is. And so for us, as we read this passage, and as, we were, as we're working on what does it mean and what does it look like for us to believe that we can be used by God, what does this look like? Well, we go on, and Paul goes on into verse 2. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to that too and, and just go through this. If you have it on your phones, this is a passage that we can talk about a lot. And this is a passage that is filled with so many truths that we could go on and on and on. But I want us just to highlight a, a few simple things here for us in, in this idea of understanding this. And in Romans 12, 2, it says this. Be a living sacrifice. How? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. 
This is really good because I, I like this moment right here because now I've realized I can't go down the aisles, the other aisles at the bookstore and realize what's going on in my life to figure it out. What I need to do is, is center in upon the Holy Spirit and allow for the Spirit to restore into me and be made, be made new in Christ. Okay, so let's break this down. There's three things that we see here. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Now, right now, patterns of this world, everybody, let's all go through it, because probably at some point in the last six months, we have said, this world, it's all falling apart, right? I've said, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, come back now. I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. I don't know. Take it all. Take it all. It's all right here. But this is the thing. Like, we have found that we have caught ourselves in this time and this day and age just being like, what? There are patterns in this world that are not godly. We can identify them. But now, here's the fun part. This is why it's fun to come to church sometimes. What are the patterns in your life that are not modeling the patterns of God? That's the hard part to begin to see. It's easy to look at other things and other people, but now we have to look at our heart and be like, is my heart following the patterns of God or the world? Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Um, we are reminded that our gifts that have been given to us, the gifts that God has given to you, are gifts, are gifts that, are you, uh, or that you are supposed to be using to build up the local church. That's why Paul, he said this, and we see this in, in 1 Corinthians. Paul continues to tell us this. The gifts that you have are to build up the local church. So for us, the patterns of the world have to be something that we make sure that we pull away from and then begin to understand that we live into what God has called us to be. And so, what is it that we, can sacri what is it that we sacrifice our time for? That's sort of the microscope for us right now. What is it in my life that I sacrifice anything for, right? Like that I'm like, okay, like I know, like I had COVID, so I had a really busy schedule on Martin Luther King Jr. Day as I sat in my bedroom by myself. So much fun. It was great. In my schedule, I was like, at noon, I'm going to watch the Purdue versus Illinois game, right? Right? I'm an Illinois fan, so congratulations, Purdue. But that was like... I was like, what else am I doing today? Nothing. What I want to make sure I do today. I like told my family, today I'm going to watch a basketball game. They're like, okay, fine. Do that on your own. And so I did because I was on my own. But there are things in our lives too, not just basketball games, but that we say this is what is important. And it's an unshakable thing. We have to make that happen. Sometimes we can be honest and straight up, this is what's key to me. And other times... We've allowed for it to become hidden in our lives. Some of those things, the pursuit of money, saving for retirement and for vacations, title and, and position, trying to live that perfect life, trying to have the perfect relationships, trying to have that, that fame or whatever you want to have it. And you can say, no, 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 no. But then we begin to look at, see, what we sacrifice for and what we are after. That begins to reveal to us who we are living for and what we are living for. To not just conform to the patterns of the world doesn't just mean to point and be like, they're crazy over there. I'm not as crazy as them. It is to begin to look at your own life and say, what am I sacrificing the most for? 
What am I making sure I don't miss? Paul was saying this. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. He is saying, I want you to conform to Jesus. I want you to conform to Christ. The second thing that we begin to see is this. He says, be transformed. Now, if transformation is the most important thing to me in in all of theology, a theology without transformation is no theology at all, right? And so I like this. Paul says, I want you to be transformed in all that you do. I don't want you to stay the same. And that's the point here as we come to church. We come here because we want to hear from God. We want to meet with God, and we want to be made different. We want to be made new. And so we have to step into this. And what we begin to see here is that, that Paul then says, be transformed by your mind. Now, if you want awakening to take place this year in your life, I think, I think that's always a good thing. There's two things that have to take place. Your mind and your heart have to come together. And you have to begin to be able to see God and who God is calling you to be. What Paul is saying here is he's just saying, I want you to be renewed by your mind because your mind will lead you to what you're emotionally are after. Now, I'm an emotional person, right? Well, the first time we watched Onward, we watched that. Have any of you watched Onward on Disney? Like, that was back in the day when you couldn't do anything. And I just remember my kids looking over me, and they're like, Dad, you're crying right now. And I'm like, stop it, whatever, whatever. There's a blue, like, elf guy running around. Of course this is emotional. And then, like, uh, we watched it again, and I doggone it, I cried again. I can't stop it. But I, 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 I'm tough. I'm tough. Even though the first time I saw Weezer live, I definitely had tears in my eyes. But that's a whole other thing. But this is the thing, our emotions, our emotions are something that, that can move us in many different ways. But Paul is saying, but if you have your mind be renewed by God, you will begin to see the true gifts that he has given to you. When I was a, a, a sophomore in high school, I played JV baseball. That was, and then I, I, that was my peaking moment, guys. So there you go. I know you're shocked by this. But I batted 400 that year, which in, if you're a professional, that's really good. And so, like, I was not. And so, but I batted 400, and it was good. But what I learned that I did was that I, I was able to, to figure out, finally, pitch counts and figure out what the pitcher was doing and, 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 and sort of use my brain to more understand how to swing and hit it. And I was very, very technical about that. Now... I used my brain to do that. However, I will tell you, and if you want to play on the Branches softball team this year, you will realize that I am not gifted in hitting a baseball or a softball because I've completely forgotten all of that. But the thing is, is that what Paul is saying, you can train your mind to think that you have gifts in certain areas. You can train your mind to bat 400, but the reality is, is that may not be your gift in life. And so this is the thing. When Paul is saying this, you might be thinking, but I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. Paul is saying, let the Holy Spirit come in. Renew your mind. Be transformed. And you will see the gifts that I have given to you. Have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Our thoughts have the power to paralyze or motivate us. To thrust us into the depths of despair or propel us in the heights of celebration. They can center us in the truth or lead us slowly and steadily to destructive patterns. Scripture tells us that with just our human wisdom, there will be failure. But when we are led by Christ, we will see fruit. We will see fruit. 
The third thing that we have here is this. We've seen that we are able to, to be transformed by God. We are seeing that we don't want to fall into the patterns of the world. But then we begin to see God's will. Right here, Paul is wanting us to see this. God's will in your life. In a culture that is centered around self, God's will is centered around others. God is wanting us to realize and recognize that we are able to be in his will and that it is a good, that is pleasing, and it is perfect. And this is something, too. If you are in doing something right now and it is not good and it is not pleasing and it is not perfect, it means that God is not done. And God is still working through that moment. God's will is not always a mountaintop experience. But it is the ability to see the mountaintop while getting through the valley. This is so important for us. God restores brokenness. God redeems those who are seeking other things. And God makes new through his grace the ability to be able to step into his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Matthew 16, 24 through 25 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so as we are beginning to truly understand and, and beginning to desire to follow God and believe that he has called us, we have to flash back to what Jesus said to his disciples. I mean, if this is for you, are you ready? If this is for you, are you ready? Are you ready to deny self? Are you ready? Are you ready to come and follow? Discipleship must give their lives away in obedience to God rather than try to preserve their lives and their own desires. That can be hard to hear, but it is true. John Wesley, my favorite dead theologian, said this. He said, none is forced, but if any will be a Christian, it must be on these terms. And he says this in reference to this passage in Matthew. It must be these terms. Are you willing and are you ready to follow me? And if you can say yes and deny self, it is time to go. Ultimately, the issue is not how others respond to Jesus, but how we respond to Jesus. How we respond. Discipleship must give their lives away in obedience to God rather than try to preserve their lives and their own desires. This is such an important thing for us to remember. Now, one of my favorite songs by my favorite band, Wilco, gets to this song, War on War. At the end and the song, it's going, it's grooving. And he gets to this part where he says, you have to learn how to die if you want to be alive. It can be easy to think that we can be alive and living in the patterns of the world. It can be easy to think that we can be alive if we're watching a Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks movie and they just say, throw somebody into the flames and that's all good and you'll be better off. That's not true. The reality is this. If we can learn to, the old, learn to die to the old self, right, and learn to live into what Christ has called us to be, we will become alive. 
I believe that none of us in this coming year want to just go through the motions of life. I believe none of us in this coming year want to just say, you know what, it's been okay, I've been doing all right, everything's fine. But we want to be alive. We want to be alive in the life that we are living. We want to go forward with Christ in all that we do. You know, it's, it's still January in 2022. I feel like it's coming out swinging, some speed bumps, but that's all right. Speed bumps can be fun sometimes. But right now, I believe we can step into this life that God has called us to be in. That, he can, that we can step into a life where he is desiring for you to be a disciple of Jesus. I believe that God this year is going to restore and redeem your relationships and restore and redeem your life and open up doors that you never thought could be opened. But that first step is to say, Lord, I believe. And I deny myself and I pick up your cross and I walk with you because I believe that your will is good, pleasing, and perfect. And I want to follow you in all that I do. Would you pray with me? Lord, you are good. And in seasons of life where we can feel that we are lost in valleys, where we can feel that we have hit too many speed bumps, we are reminded that you are present and you are there. And Lord, right now, I desire, or we desire for our hearts to be open to you. And so God, right now, help us. Help us to see you like we have never seen you before. Help this year to be a year where we, we believe that you have placed gifts in our life and let us use those gifts so that we no longer just go through the motions, but that we are, are alive for you. Christ, right now, we lay it all down. We surrender so that we can live the life you have called us to live. In your name we pray. Amen. Here at the branches, we take communion at the end of every service, and we allow for communion to be open to all who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I want to just remind you right now that we are reminded that we are all fallen. We've all had moments in our life where we have need restored. We are reminded that Christ's body broke for us so that our body can be put back together. And we are reminded that Christ shed his blood for us and that the cup became half empty, but Christ came to fill up your cup. So if you on this day are reminded that your relationship with Christ is, needs mending, this is the moment right here. If you are in the moment of struggling with those mistakes that you have made years ago, and you've never been able to get rid of them, now is the time to lay them down at Christ's feet. If you have a sin that keeps popping up and you just want it to be done, now is the time to confess and let go. Our God is all about transformation. And our God is all about making us new. So as we take communion today, we remember the cross. We remember the cross. We remember the empty tomb. We have life. We have forgiveness. We have love. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for Jesus who is our Savior. 
the sacrifice that you have made upon the cross reminds us to be living sacrifices for you right now. And so God, bless this bread and this juice. Let it represent to us your body that was broken and the blood that was shed for us so that we could be forgiven and we could be made new. And as we partake in this right now, Lord, let us confess anything that is keeping us from you in the stillness and the quietness of our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. We thank you for making us new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ shed for you, take and drink. O holy God, you are good, and your love endures forever. We pray that we can be holy as you are holy. Help us to seek this every day. And let us go and be your love and your light in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today. We're so excited that we continue to grow as this coming year goes along, that we know more about who God is calling us to be and we can go deeper with him. Right now, uh, we're having our State of the Church address, which is going to be... Uh, uh, just following this, we're going to play one song, and uh, I encourage you to stick around if you want to know how last year ended and how what we're going to be focusing upon this year. But if you need to head out, please head out. And so I'm so glad that you're here. Go with the love of Christ and allow for Christ to lead you in all that you do this week. Jesus loves you. See you guys next week. <laughs>